Hey, what's up, y'all? Attorney see the Adaptive Genius, and this is going to be episode 109. Really excited for this episode. We are calling this Do the Job, Doing the Job or Do the Job, Guido. Yeah, I'd say do. Doing the job. Job. <laughs> uh, and I got my guy Arnold Cueto. Cueto, what's up, man? It's an honor to have you on. I appreciate the honor of uh, of being being on the show, bro. Definitely, man. We're going to be calling this segment here. This is the STS podcast, but we're going to call this doing the job. This is going to be our wrestling segment. Uh, we don't know how often we're going to do this. Uh, we said once a month, but man, with everything going on, I think we, <laughs> we need to talk a little bit of pro wrestling. I know. Uh, we really clicked on a wrestling bro and I uh, really wanted to just talk positive about wrestling. I know there's so many podcasts right now that are critiquing it. Um, <laughs> we can critique with it, but it's not one of those things. Hey, we watch AEW or we watch WWE. We're both sides and we love it. Correct. Exactly, man. It's uh, it's it's all love, man. It's, you know, this is the stuff we grew up on, you know, between, you know, I don't know about you. I was you know, I was a big fan of the Monday Night Wars. I loved watching going back and forth and that kind of thing. I had no hate for either either side. Yeah. Uh, you know, and now that 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 the programming and the talent so deep in, in in the world of wrestling now, it's just great to watch. Definitely, man. That was actually my first question I wanted to ask you was, what was the first match that made you love wrestling? You go first, and I'll go second. But I already know which one. I was a kid when I seen this. Okay, so yeah, I'm gonna got to say the same thing. Um, so. I I'm an '80s baby, so I grew up in the in the golden era of wrestling, man. I was a uh, I was in the uh, the WWF days and the the Hulk Mania, you know, kind of when that was running wild. So I, I actually do remember the build up between Andre and Hogan WrestleMania three, and that was my uh, that was for sure, like you know, like because you know, I was as a kid, man. Hulk Hogan was was the god to me, man. He was he was the real life superhero, so Definitely. for sure that was, that was what kind of brought me in. And just that whole angle when they brought in the Hebner brothers and no one knew these guys were twins. And well, <laughs> I'm sure that was mind-blowing at the time. We didn't have social media and all this technology we have now. <laughs> Man, the kid. stuff I couldn't wrap my head around as a kid, like thinking that they're, you know, what are the odds of a company hiring twins? <laughs> never and never acknowledging it so it's like man i couldn't wrap my head around like wow they they must have really got that guy to get like plastic surgery and look just like the other guy <laughs> <laughs> i remember the first match i made you love wrestling was it was right before the attitude believe it or not it was triple h mankind the blue cage summer slam my dad oh. has that pay-per-view dude and that was one of the craziest matches <laughs> Ever in my mind. that's what made me love wrestling. This is before Triple H became DX. He was still Hunter Hearst Hemsley, and that was the, that's when you know I think Mankind was just fresh off that Broiler Room brawl with the Undertaker, and it was really cool. That was like when I was like, "Damn, this is wrestling!" And believe it or not, bro, I remember my this is another one I guess I have two: Andy Kaufman and Jerry King Lawler. I remember being a kid. <laughs> Damn, he really broke his neck. <laughs> And you know, we were at my grandma's house. I'm there. I was so young, dude. I was probably like six, seven years old. And I'll never forget. And man, just Andy Kaufman, that that, that Jerry King Lawler. I think it was just a special that was running, and they were just showing this. And you know, we didn't have YouTube back then, so I didn't really get to watch that match till I was a little bit older. But man, that was what put me on wrestling. I love this for sure. And then the other kind of match that kind of pulled me in was a. Uh, uh, Early '90s Sting versus Vader. Oh, man, he was. And a- I tell people all the time, I was like, "Man, I don't. You guys don't understand." When I was a growing up, I thought Vader was the scariest human being on the face of the planet. Yes, yes. <laughs> I dude, his run there before he went to WWF that was a great run. Yeah, he had a great match with Hogan, a stiff match with Hogan too. Man, <laughs> now that we're kind of now we know the ins and outs, Hogan wasn't big on game. He didn't work like that, and man, <laughs> it was definitely yeah. doing the job for Hogan at points. It was that's a beautiful time. Thank God for yeah. the that's what we're, I think we're so spoiled too, man, with the WD network. And just we could go back and watch these, yeah, and content just at the tips of your fingers. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. I, I catch myself <laughs> watching the attitude stuff all the time, just seeing everybody had a storyline, and that's yeah. what I love about it. And that's what AEW's. Really on point with that. No matter if it's successful or not, they're giving everybody a storyline. And it's cool how sometimes they cross hairs. And I, I really enjoy that part of the game right now. I do too. I, you know, I, I I I think we spoke about this earlier in the week. I I love it right now, but I'm worried. 
because you know down the line what's going to happen with it you know we'll talk about that in a bit but i'm sure yeah, but you know i i'm enjoying it for what it is right now let's i think we should probably just talk about the biggest storyline right now it's brock it, it's brock back in, uh yeah and lashley's, uh, lashley's in a slide in there too with Heyman. uh what, what yeah. are your thoughts on this right now so i've been wanting this match brock versus bob for for since bob got into the in the back into the wwe mm-hmm. um i've i've always you know mirror watched the similarities the the kind of the the mirrored images of the two if you notice their their entrances are very similar you know mm-hmm. they used to both kind of come in they with under the uh the same guise of like just black tights basic kind of thing when they when they first started out and hop down to the, get down to the ring hop up on the on the apron you know and it's just just little things like that that you kind of pick up on i'm like okay i see what they're trying to do here and uh you know the background's great. I'm glad that they finally kind of gave Bob that rub to like you know be a legitimate threat. Exactly. You know it's, it's hard to it's hard to sell guys as a legitimate threat to a UFC you know champ. And uh, I think Lashley was kind of always been one of those guys that kind of like been sleeping under noses and mm-hmm. and you know finally kind of took, came into his own. And I love how they their interaction between their and their match in day one. <laughs> yeah, it was meaningful and man. That's great awesome. booking, man. Great booking on that part. It was just he gets it right, dude. They get it right, and it's it's another level that no one could duplicate. That was amazing. That was amazing for sure. For sure. I think um, just sometimes you know how the universe works with wrestling too. When there is a someone sick, especially during these COVID times, they're really like we always say they're making chicken crap out of chicken into chicken salad, and that's what they did. And it's 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 great to see Brock. And Roman as our champs, but to see Lashley and um, Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, I think it'd be really, really good. I think we could get, I think they can make Lashley a bigger star than he is now. For sure, you know, I personally was just kind of hoping we get this match at, at Mania. Definitely, you know, that was that was kind of my hoping, but you know, I'm not going to hate on it because I'm finally getting it. So, uh, it, it's you know, it's a combination of things. I think both guys are 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 business centered. I think they. They're going to understand what the what the outcome of this match can can mean for for both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I, I love the fact that they're still both you know both guys are you know older than I and they're both in their mid forties, but uh, they're still they can still go they can still work they can still put on a quality match and we're not getting these guys you know like five five years past their prime or anything like that we're we're, yeah. still, we're still seeing something where you know monster Brock and monster Bob going at each other. I remember there was a poll back on WWE. Who would you want Brock Lesnar's next opponent to be? And it was almost unanimous. It was Bobby Lashley. And I'm glad they kind of got him going a little more into that serious direction. I know in the beginning with the Rusev and the Lana wedding stuff and the, the back where that was, that's kind of what I was like, no, they can't do this to Bob. He's, you know, he wasn't in the UFC, but he's in Bellator. He's doing an impact wrestling. He was a champ for so long, and a dominant champ at that. Yeah. And now that he's back in the fold and uh, they, that interaction, that match was great too. We can start with day one um, <laughs> with that match. That that five way. Usually those five ways, it's kind of hard to keep up. But the story they told from the beginning was awesome. You know, it was funny. Obviously, it was New Year's Day, so you know everybody kind of had their own thing going on that day. I remember. Uh, I always watch the. I always watch the uh, the monthly you know events or whatever they may be on wwe and uh i remember getting home i was i i, I was be i falling behind on uh what i was looking for and i, I knew what to expect with the with the four-way match and then uh brock versus roman and then as i'm kind of getting everything set up and i catch on that like oh roman's out what are you my first thought initially was what are they gonna do with brock and if uh, if anything and uh, when i saw that they was gonna put you put in that match i was like Oh man, this is a different level now. Like now, I'm gonna see Brock and Bob and Bob in the same match, and and you still got Biggie, and you still got Seth. You know, that match was. I mean, I can't remember watching a match in a in a long time where I thought like I almost thought that match was too short, man. Yeah, it was short. It, and like it, just short by. it was so short and sweet, dude. Yeah, and I think they. I I love how Rollins and Owens. I'm trying to remember it. Rollins and Owens is teaming up on Lesnar. That's what you would do. That's exactly what you should do every time. If you have a four-on-one, right. if you have a five-way, there should be four guys on Brock. <laughs> well, and then you know Bob was the same way. And I don't think, with the exception of Big E going one-on-one with uh, Brock and uh, and Bob, I don't think either one of those guys were uh, were sold uh, were were made to look weak. You know, both those guys were made to look strong. Yeah. Um, and you know, Billy, 
the build up to what it was, you know, I think, you know, a lot of people criticize Vince, especially now in his older years, but I think when he gets it right, man, he gets it right. Yes, dude. It was, the, I think it was, um, we, we do feel sorry for Big E's reign. Uh, he did a great job. We see him on, I think it was the Canelo fight. He was, he did the, MP, I think he did the intro for the Canelo fight. Oh, what, oh, the yeah, Joshua. Tyson in round three, I think. Was it Joshua and Fury? Yeah. The Joshua, the biggest match in boxing, and he did the intro for it. That was such, takes takes the title and takes Big E to the next level. And I was okay. excited to see that, and I know it was a, it was a great feel for the story. And, again, I'm, I did see some complaints online. Here comes Brock again just taking the title. <laughs> but I think the way they set this up, though, it just, you know, Big E did take the pin, though. Or did he? He did. Um, yes. So – I saw something kind of, and it made a lot of sense to me. I think with with Big E, you get kind of, it's almost more, as a fan, you're almost more engrossed or in, engaged in him trying to win the championship than being the champion. Chasing. You want to see the yeah. chase. The, yes. Him chasing the championship, it just, like, looks a lot better to me than him being the actual champion. I know that sounds weird to say, but, like, when he gets that moment, uh, it's, you know, it's something to be appreciated. It's kind of like a... Kofi was kind of like Daniel Bryant was, mm-hmm. you know, they, they want to see a guy like that come from underneath and, and you know, overcome. And that's, I really think that's a biggie story. Now, of course, what I think hurt biggie is he had a lot of losses. It's like they booked him really weak early on in the championship run, man. Definitely. Definitely. And I thought that, uh, you know, he took a couple of losses here to, uh, to Owens and Seth to set up the angles and then obviously to Bob to get him back into the, uh, mm-hmm. into the hunt. But, you know, he he was coming. I think he was doing doing jobs more than he was uh, going over. Definitely, is he one of those guys you consider? You don't. He doesn't need the title anymore. He's just a star now, right? Or is he not I, yet? So, and that, this is kind of one of my, my points that I think I want to kind of look at from a definitive angle. And I right now in the WWE, like who are the legitimate like like main eventers? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have Brock, and obviously I have Roman. Those two guys right there are. are the faces of the brands, that kind of thing. Uh, I argued now that Bob is kind of working his way into that, into that category now. Um, and uh, the guy that I haven't heard a lot of talk about lately, but I think he's legitimately going to be one of those guys. If not now, then when, when we see him again, is going to be Drew McIntyre. Yes. I think uh, those four guys are the core, could be the core main eventers. And then you have a guy say like a, uh, like a Randy Orton who could always be plugged into that spot. Definitely. I so think- then, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so then, I think those are your four, your four or five core guys, and I think then you have your other guys that can go, that can kind of be in the main event picture or or transition out of it and be like you know, main event guy or or top of the of the mid talk card. I think those are your your Seths, your Owens, your uh, your Mizzes. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ Styles can be thrown in there. I wasn't making the argument for him. I think him and Randy are really suffering from that tag team thing, that tag team blunder. No disrespect to almost, no disrespect to um, – I know they're tag champions right now with um, – damn it, what's uh, I call it? Uh, Riddle. Matt Riddle, right? Um, Randy and AJ I still think are main eventers, especially AJ. I'm a big AJ mark. and I, No, I agree. I loved AJ back from, you know, his impact or TNA days, and uh, I think he they can do a lot more with them. I thought they were doing – they introduced him well. They they put him in those in those uh, main event move, uh, main event matches with uh, Cena and those guys early on, and uh, nothing but quality matches elevated his guys that like he worked with. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just i I wish they would use him more, man. He's another guy I'd love to see in that spot. Definitely, I think, and I you know, like I said, I love and respect the almost angle of the story, but how could you can't you can't really know this guy better than he is right now? And I'm I don't know. I'm not an almost guy at all. I don't had never had faith. I seen him work here when he had the house show, and I didn't. See, I didn't see anything like, damn. I want to see him and AJ in one on one. Nothing intriguing. No disrespect to the man. So no, I would uh, like to see AJ something a little bit better for him. Definitely, he he's a he's a spectacle. Something to see in person. Mm-hmm. You know, just to kind of wrap your head around someone that you know that enormous. But uh, you know. It's hard to find guy, especially like the way the business has changed now and what we want to see from our from our guys. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see a, a picture of a guy, you know, over seven feet legitimately that's gonna move and, and kind of uh give you the entertainment value of a of a of a match that you're gonna wanna see. 
um, you know, it goes back to the Andre days, man. Like everybody loves Andre. Everybody wants to see Andre, but like, you know, you're never going to watch Andre do put up, you know, go, what, what's the, what's the uh, comment flair? I always say he's not going to do 60 hour, 60 minute broadways. And definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. It was five days a week or whatever. <laughs> bring him in and do squashes every time. Yeah. Every time. I, you know what I like I said, I think eventually he'll do, he'll get a, uh, his monster push. He'll probably, he may hold the title for, you know, a couple months or something like that and kind of be the guy to, to build off a new face off of, you know, but, uh, you know, who's going to be the giants there. That's always, you know, it's always, again, me being a Hulk Andre Mark back in the day that, you know, there's gotta be somebody that can be that, that nigga, that Hulk to almost as Andre eventually. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Xavier Woods? Does he have a chance of getting in the picture? I know he's the king right now. He won the king of the ring recently. Man, I love I love Xavier. I love his 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 attitude to the business. I love his work. I loved him since he was a uh, was a consequences creep back in TNA back in those days. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he's definitely a personality you can't you can't ignore, but I just I think given his how can I put it, given his his size. I don't think he's going to get the rub in, in WWE in the long run. Yeah, definitely. Especially when he's when he was always kind of been staged with guys that have overshadowed him. I mean, no disrespect to uh, to Xavier, but I mean, guys were pulling for Kofi. Guys were pulling for for Eve, you know. And then, you know, once uh, you know, I, I don't know if 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 Xavier's got it to got it in to be past that, you know, upper mid mid card status, you know. I think he's on. He's honestly, he's Andrew Garfield. Dude. He's number three. <laughs> yeah, Garfield, dude, and it sucks, but that's just the, that's his role. I would love to see. I just think he's been he's done a couple jobs too, and it's kind of yeah. want to take him as a as a threat to the AJs and the Randy Orton's, or yeah. he, we forgot even Edge. We could put Edge in there anytime. You can input him too, even yeah. Edge. You know, Edge is another guy that I think is kind of transition in and out of that main event picture. I think he's got one more title run in him. It'll be a. Uh, you know, hopefully it's sooner rather than later because I don't want to see Edge, you know, kind of broken and beaten down before we get him into that run. Exactly. Uh, you know, the other, you know, but there's a few guys that, you know, like an AJ that you know, we don't feel that may not be initially be utilized. Shinsuke Nakamura is another guy. Oh, my God. Yes, I'm a Nakamura guy for sure. You know, and uh, man, I was just thinking about this the other day. He's been IC champ for how long now? And no I don't think he's. I don't think he's uh, defended that title yet. No one cares about it, dude. I know they – I forgot the guy. I can't even – I don't like him. I try not to even get to know him. But his little – His hype man? Guitar, uh, don't even oh, – about him. It's like, damn, I need to watch this. <laughs> but knock him, and the way he was with New Japan for so long, and he put me on New Japan Wrestling. When he started doing the things he was doing over there, that's when I became a fan. And I know AJ was there. That's when Kenny Omega came with Okada. But that's what made me watch New Japan Wrestling. And Well, a lot of people don't know. I mean, Nakamura was like a legitimate contender back there to like, you know, post WWE, Brock, and uh, and Kurt Angle, those guys, man. Yes. That guy, yeah, yeah, he had his matches with Lesnar back in the day before. He, I always call him like the prince of wrestling, right? Before um, Velveteen Dream. He was, <laughs> he had that charisma about you wanting to watch him and Something so different. The way it was red jumpsuit. I love the presentation. I just don't think they know what to do with a foreign star. We can't really, you know, get a grasp on the English language. I think it's such a important thing. If you don't have a somebody on the mic speaking for you, it's so hard to do it solo. Yeah, you know, it it's it's a shame too, because when Asuka first came into the WWE, I thought, okay, they can just follow that same formula with Shinsuke and you know, it'll kind of It'll kind of work organically, but man, it just, they, they really kind of, they, they dip their toes in that water and then they pull out real quick, you know, with the Wachinska. It's, it's a shame. It's, it, it is a shame how they book sometimes. I feel like it's such 50, 50 booking. I know it's a term that everybody hates seeing, but it is 50, 50 booking. If you're going to give them the rocket, you know, um, Oscar's one of them. I think uh, even um, her Carrillo, he's another one that suffers from not knowing the language. That kid. Yeah. You want to talk about bringing back the Cruiserweight title. Why does he have it on defending on both shows? I would yeah. love to see him have a run with something. Um, this probably oh, needs man, the Cruiserweight to- program in WWE would be awesome right now. You got, uh, you know, you got, you got him, you got, you know, Dom, you got uh, Cedric Alexander still put, put out there. Mm-hmm. You know, give those guys chasing the 24-7 title a legitimate kind of something to do, you know? 
I thought the 24 seven towers would be something legit. It's been, it's, it's a, it's just a prop at this point, but that could have been something. I know we can't do the hardcore runs like you used to, but that could have been something special. I thought. Right. Uh, yeah, man. I just, I think they, you know, I think Vince gets in those, in those modes where he's kind of entertaining himself for a while there, you know, and, <laughs> and we forget kind of like, oh, we could use these guys to actually build a, a match around. <laughs> talking about building guys, I think the best we're talking about this every time he speaks is Paul Heyman. He's elevating every segment he's in. And it's, I think we're watching something really special that could be, you could insert him at almost any period in wrestling. And Paul Heyman is that guy. He's probably been in the area period of wrestling the last 30 years. And we now <laughs> see why, like, or not, again, we see why he's continuing to just raise the bar. Man, it is amazing what that guy has been able to translate into anyone that's kind of touched with, touched him and worked with him, you know, uh, talk about just always understanding the assignment and what the, what the, what's fresh to people and what they want to see. I mean, I imagine the scariest thing in the world for the WWE is if Paul ever gets interested in going to AEW. Yes. Imagine what he could do for everybody there. <laughs> imagine what he could get with another another Heyman. What, what was this? What was his crew in the nineties with WCW? Um, he had Rick Rude, Austin. Yeah, that was the, the Dangerous Alliance. I remember that. Yeah. Oh my God, dude! Imagine highly dangerous. Man, we can do a whole podcast on what that could be in AEW, like this fancy booking. Yeah, no it's kidding. Amazing. It's amazing what, especially right now, this them him playing the middleman with with Brock and Roman, just seeing that he still cares about Roman. It's great storytelling. This is stuff that movies are made of. Dude, this is a great soap opera. <laughs> I was watching that uh, SmackDown, the most recent SmackDown. And I was thinking to myself, like, this is. I, you can tell his hands are all over this because it's just no other person can write this, get away with it, and make me like get get into it more than that. Definitely, he makes me believe. Correct. Yeah, and <laughs> and he, I think he like just making Roman and I and just that heel turn of Roman the last couple months. It's been because Paul Heyman's going to tell you what he's going to do, and Roman does it in the ring. Right. It's amazing, dude, and just how they brought Lesnar back, and you don't know if he's Lesnar's advocate or is he. A special counsel to the tribal chief it's, <laughs> it's special dude it's and I'm, I'm really interested in what they got going on yeah i think uh you know the the, the typical internet fan kind of tries to kind of look down the road and see what it is that's going to happen and i think paul's doing a good job of kind of towing the line a little bit to make sure like okay am i going to go that way am i not going to go that way so they have, yeah. people say that long-term storytelling is not not a thing anymore this is definitely potentially to go to april yeah, oh yeah, I can definitely see that, and you know, uh, and I, I, and I can see uh, you know other people get involved now. Mm-hmm. I love what their segment yesterday. They have you know they're teasing the a, a title versus title match. Is that something you would like to see? Maybe at Mania unification for the championship. I know a lot of people kind of like like having the idea of having one champion. I'm kind of not into that into that uh, category. I think if you're going to have two what we call separate brands and within the company, you have to have a champion of both events because you're going to have to, you know, you can't have a guy working back and forth and that kind of thing because it's just going to, whoever your top guy is, it's just going to wear him down eventually, man. Definitely. As much as we all love, uh, you know, the Attitude Era and stuff like that, how many of those guys really lasted beyond, you know, five to ten years? Yeah, dude. People forget that Austin Reign wasn't a 20-year thing. That was like a five-year from 97 to 01, he didn't last yeah. long. The Rock, the Rock wasn't along for a long time. He didn't do it. He's not a Ric Flair. Flair is so, such, such a rare gem still. <laughs> Definitely, man. And he's still, you know, he's, he's still contributing to the business any way he can, man. It's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. Definitely. Longevity is definitely a factor there. I don't see, you're right, though. The, the work rate right now for both of them, I think, is for both champions on Raw and SmackDown, I'm sure is ideal. Yeah. Who do you see Roman going with right now? Um, how do you see that? I, I, we got Brock and Lashley at the, the Royal Rumble. What do you see possibly putting against Roman there? So it's kind of a weird toss-up right now because uh, looking at the Royal Rumble now, it's kind of anyone's game, man. Because like I was, you know, obviously we have kind of I have my kind of own 
perspective of the Royal Rumble based off of, you know, I do my little, and you're involved in it this year, my little Royal Rumble party here. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was looking at it in terms of like, man, who is, because, so, you know, in years past, you had guys like, you know, you would have guys like a Bob and, and Braun Strowman and, you know, Keith Lee and guys like any one of those guys you can look at and be, and, you know, and I believe even Drew McIntyre is another guy we could have looked at and say like, oh, any one of these guys could have been the Royal Rumble winner and go on to main event WrestleMania. Uh, you know, all those guys are gone. Drew's out with a neck injury. I don't know what, you know, what the timing is on his return time. I understand it's, it's, I don't know how significant it is, but uh, you know, if they're, if they're taking them out of the rumble, that's definitely like, you know, who's, who's the, the guy, you know, there's not really a, a guy this year, especially with, you know, uh, Bobby being in that, in that main event with, cause if now you have, you take out Brock, you take out Bobby, you take out Roman. Now who's, who's, who's the guy I expect to see. I expect to see almost do a run in the rumble, but I don't necessarily think he's going to win. I don't, and I'm, I love Austin Theory, but is that something they're trying to set up to make this man a credible contender for the Rumble? I just don't think it's his time yet. I think he's going to be one of those cats uh, uh, similar to like how, like they built up Randy. Mm -hmm. I think they, they kind of learned their theory, their, uh, their, they kind of ran their, their, their way with, with Randy and how they built him up. And I think they're going to do his a little bit slower just to make sure he's level-headed enough to kind of stay in that business because, you know, young, immature Randy did a lot of dumb things along his way to the rise. So I don't, I think Austin, I, you know, all the credits to the world. I, I, from what I hear about this kid, he's, he's very, uh, you know, respectful backstage. He does what he's supposed to do. I haven't heard any issues about him backstage, but uh, you know, I, I, I think, I think with him, you're, you're going to have to kind of build him up a little bit and kind of make his, make him pay his dues a little bit longer. He's one of those guys, too. I remember I never heard of Evolve until I seen the buzz with this Austin Theory kid. And that was, like, one of the first shows I've seen on WWE Network when they were still having NXT on there. I, I like Theory a lot. And it is it is cool to see him getting the Vince McMahon segments and the rough of Vince. Especially since it's such a rare thing for for maybe a couple years now. Vince wasn't on TV regularly. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, it's... <laughs> You know, with the exception of a, of a rare showing here and there, yeah, it's it's good to see someone that's actually piqued uh, Vince's interest enough to kind of get back in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And it's cool to see Vince kind of just play with the stereotypes of his personality, <laughs> he's firing people. And I love the whole freaking. This is the most that that's a big thing in wrestling. You know, the most powerful weapon. I think Jim Ross coined this. The most powerful weapon in wrestling is the eraser. <laughs> yeah he's the most powerful weapon in this whole game and it's, it was cool to see that just to pass that on <laughs> right now too we were discussing and we should kind of i should have said this earlier brock lesnar though for raw this is ratings we've seen this at, at, at the reports of raw he raises the bar again when he's on tv he's the champion people come watch brock and part of that too i believe and you know we when brock's not around it's unfortunate that we have to see, you know, the kind of the same guys go against each other. Exactly. exactly. Because, and, you know, as much as people hate seeing, you know, they hate Brock's a part-timer and all this stuff or whatever. When he comes back, man, that with that we get, we get matches we haven't seen in a while or we haven't seen before, you know, and that's, I think as a wrestling fan, that's a big thing is you want to see what you want to you want, you always want something new. You always want something refreshing. I think that's part of the reason why Brock and Bob is getting so much of uh, a, love right now is because of this is something we haven't seen yet it's a dream match yeah it's a dream and then just this whole gimmick that brock has now it's not it's you know with the overalls and he kind of, he's kind of being more of himself yeah. and just he's the face right now he's a baby face people are loving brock and it's so different and i love it <laughs> yeah no kidding it's a uh, it's definitely you know face brock with personality kind of digging into his country roots and that kind of thing. It, it, it's it's always been said, and you know, a number of guys will say this, but like you know, the most over you'll ever be in the company is when yourself times hundred. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what they. That's all the what all the great ones did for sure. Yeah. I think uh, Samoa Joe. We should talk about that real fast. NXT. <laughs> this new NXT is nothing like it's been in the last couple of years. I know we had Champa in there for a while. Uh, Braun Breaker just uh, won his first NXT title. Great kid. I haven't yeah. seen a lot of him though. To be honest with you, I haven't seen a lot. But he looks like he buys he buys into what he's doing. 
Yeah, you know, uh, I I have a lot of respect for that Steiner. I mean, legacy man. You you go back, you know, in the early '90s, uh, and with Rick and Scott, some of the I mean, they were they were huge in the ring together, but they wrestled, you know, just awesome matches. Especially, I mean, you'll ask anybody you know, walking around in 1993, 1994, who was the best wrestler on the face of the planet? It was Scott Steiner, man. He was just he could do things in the ring that no one else can do. Mm -hmm. um and so i'm glad that the kid kind of bought into that legacy of uh of who he is and that kind of thing even though you know a lot of people were upset that they didn't let him keep let him keep the signer name and stuff like that yeah uh, but you know i the guy is the kid is awesome in the you know to watch in the ring he, first of all he looks like just a, a badass yeah he's you know he's got the uh the look <laughs> the the funniest thing in the world to me is when he got on the mic and we're like oh man he sounds just like scott <laughs> Yes, dude, he has that, that little Steiner accent. It's there. It's there. You knew as soon as they debuted and started kind of working with, like, the upper class and the the, the upper echelon of guys in, in NXT at the time, like, oh, man, he's he's debuting up there already, man. They must see a lot in this kid. And, uh, yes. you know, because I know, I mean, the internet buzz when he was kind of going into developmental and – and that kind of thing. It was him and the uh, Parker Bordeaux, Bordeaux guy. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the fact that Bordeaux didn't really make his appearance until much later in the in in the time, and he's he seems to be being brought up really slowly. And it tells me if they start at the same time, they must really think the world of Braun right now. Definitely, he's only been in the game for a year. It's crazy. Yeah. It. I seen this interview with uh, Cody Graves. He was telling. He was saying that Goldberg's one of his mentors right now. Austin's one of his mentors. These guys are just just because you know they have a lot of history with their with his pops, and yeah. we're just trying to set him up to win. And you can see that with his the matches I've seen his work style, it's it's real. You can buy it. I buy it one thousand percent. He respects yeah. the, he respects the game. What a what a world to be like a guy that <laughs> to be able to follow in your father's footsteps and be mentored by like the biggest names. You know what I mean? What access, right? Yeah, no kidding. Like. <laughs> It's such, a, it's such a um, what it's a sorority with wrestling, just like with Hollywood. I'm sure everybody it has a connection to everybody, and it's pretty cool to see that with Braun. I seen you seen Rick come out. Rick come out. Um, I think it was after he won his title. It was cool to have him share that moment with his boy because Rick Steiner is one of those underrated legends. I think. Oh yeah, definitely, man. People go. I mean, the years before Rick got to, or before Scott got in the business, and. The things that Rick was doing were innovative, man. Like the, you know, the uh, the suplexes out of you know the original suplex city was in was in uh, <laughs> the dog face gremlin, man. Yeah, dude, I I love uh, Scott's one of those guys. He got their that WCW buyout. He left. He didn't come back. Right. Thing. He's in. Uh, it, it's cool to see him back in the game with his boy and guiding his son. I think that's it's amazing. Dude. That's really a shame too, because Scott was really hitting his stride as a character at the end of the WCW run. Oh man, dude! Uh, what was this? What was this saying, dude? Uh, oh, uh, big Papa Pump, Big Booty Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> that whole era, man. I was just like, when he, <laughs> I was like, man, when he was off TV for a while, I was like, man, we are wasting some Scott Steiner time. <laughs> yeah, man. I that dude Scott. I remember when he came like the Triple H, but I didn't know he had that. That foot injury that kind of dip, that kind of just derailed his whole WWE career. I didn't even know he was uh, yeah. that. I yeah, was, it's a shame that he kind of got put into that spot too. You know? Yeah, dude, that was that time when Triple H had to go over everybody. He was establish himself with that reign. That uh, reign of terror. Yeah. Um, so it looks like Samoa Joe just got released again. William Regal, another one that that was probably the most shocking because you didn't, you can't get a great GM anymore. Regal's one of those last of the Mohicans with the last, with with the GM title, GM role. And that was the shocking. I think that was a little more shocking than Smaller Joe. Yeah. The thing that sucks about Regal is, man, you have a guy that knows wrestling from the most carny outside indie way of of wrestling. So he'll he'll bring in these guys from you know nowhere and build them up and, and teach them how to kind of and respect where they came from and continue to build them up. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's also been to the show. He's been to the, you know, the, the manias, he's been to the starcades, things like that. So he's, he knows, you know, what, what a show's supposed to look like. It's a shame to lose a guy like that, man. And, you know, 
one of the things I always hate, I always kind of wish people really kind of knew about William Regal is, is the guy on the mic was just as cold as anybody, like as a villain at that time, man. Yes, he like he can make you just like, but I mean, he was malevolent on the mic sometimes. Yes, yes. I, I think, we, um, remember when he had his uh, brass knuckle gimmick? That was oh. one of my favorite Regals too, dude. Um, even WCW Regal was one of my favorites. Man. He's always been a, a legend. I, I, I hang on every word he's seen when he's yeah. on, on, on the mic. I thought the Samoa Joe and story, him and the Samoa Joe storyline they had earlier this year was great. Uh, and so it's, that's why it's so disappointing. Like they, he hasn't, he could do so much more what he's done for the last, what, six, seven years as a GM. Yeah. Um, can you, I could see AEW definitely installing oh, a GM role for him too. That would be much needed, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. By, by far. He, I think uh, it'll give, I mean, it'll give Tony Khan a, uh, uh, what we call a, 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 an office guy to kind of put out in the camera and, and yes. work legitimately. I know he kind of, he kind of teased us a little bit with, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Bischoff coming back here and there. And yeah. even Callis, I think at some point or another, tries to fill a role like that, similar to a Paul Heyman slash corporate guy. But I think Regal would be a really good guy to plug in that position. Yeah, I love Bischoff, but Regal, since it, since it hasn't been overutilized in AEW, I don't think it's been utilized at all. I know Khan has kind of made an appearance here or there, especially with the Impact promos. Right. Have an on-air authority figure. Hasn't been done yet. Who better than William Regal? Oh, man. You imagine a William Regal, Dan Lambert showdown? Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Lambert is such a damn – that's our AEW talk. But I, I, I enjoy everything you say. <laughs> I love it. Dude. We, need a, we need a managers like that, man. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, yes. Mojo, man, that that one's oh man, that, uh, you talk about missed opportunities there, man. No, hundred percent. They that's the story of both promos, right? Yeah, missed opportunities, dude. And I know uh, Mickey James is not missing her opportunity. I was shocked yesterday, <laughs> and I'm not. Man. We don't talk. We haven't talked about a lot of women's wrestling on here, and I'm not the biggest. Uh, advocate for women's wrestling. I love watching, but do I say, hey, they're the top star? I'm a Charlotte Flair guy, and that's that's what the book for me. Um, as, as much as people hate kind of Charlotte online and that kind of thing, I was like, you understand how how the the things that she does in the ring compared to like her peers, how far ahead she is of people that enter the ring with. It's it's. A, I don't think she, I don't think she gets the appreciation that she deserves in that regard. But I mean. Does she play backstage politics? But you know, who 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 didn't that's on top? You know, on the when you're on top of the game, who doesn't do that? Yeah, I'm sure Flair did it for years. Hogan, Flair did for, Hogan's notorious for it. As much as people loved him, Austin was just as bad. Yeah, dude. He yeah, yeah. he had so much pool. He, yeah, and it and I think that's this is kind of sidetracked, but it was cool. That's why I don't think they're gonna ever make a star that's bigger than the brand ever again. It makes sense. Yeah. Because you don't ever want to be in that position where if I don't show up, these people are not going to come. <laughs> I always felt like they're never going to see this. Probably one of the last Mohicans, too. He's bigger yeah. than the brand now. Definitely. And it's, it gets to the point where, I mean, they, like I said, like when we're talking about Austin Theory, I think they're they're kind of going to keep the kid under their thumb a little bit until, until they kind of get a register of who he is and what they, what he's going to be in the long run. Is he going to be a, a guy that's going to always show love to the WWE and, you know, loyalty or is he going to be someone that you know if they strap the rocket on too soon that they're not going to be able to trust it where it goes where he lands yeah and i think it's one of those things too with flair she's a top 10 worker no matter what company no matter what what gender i always thought charlotte is just echelon she's a uh, different echelon than everybody else different levels different tiers and there's nothing wrong with that but charlotte's where the book stops for me for sure for sure i agree so the the Royal Rumble, I know um, it's interesting to see Mickey James, who is currently the Impact Women's Champion. Man, they, they, that Forbidden Door open was this a one off? What are you thinking? Man, you talk about the Forbidden Door, man. That's you. You never see it open this way. <laughs> never. That's <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing to me. Like the fact that I, I want to know who who negotiated that and I, with the 
what the stipulation was. Obviously, you hear the rumors now that there's not enough women's uh, talent to to fulfill a 30-girl mm-hmm. Royal Rumble or whatever. But, like, you know, if, if that's the case and they're willing to go that far, man, that would, you know, when, when are we going to start seeing the, like, why stop at Mickey James? Why not, a, you know. Uh, exactly. I know exactly where you're going with this. Yes. The whole there's impact. That think it should be open to every impact star, dude. Yeah, especially that women's roster, man. There, you know, it, a lot of people talk about AEW's kind of building their women's brand, but uh, the Impact's been solid, especially on the women's side. I I forget their names, but they're the tag team champions with Impact. They're the women's tag team champions. Um, they used to be the Iconics. Now I believe they're the uh, well. Uh, they were Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, but now I believe they're Jessica McKay and Cassie Lee. Yes, that's what's so hard for me to keep up. Those two are special. I've always thought they were great. It was, it, I was wondering, like, damn, they released them? Why would you do that? So, you, you, <laughs> yeah. could of, you could build off what they have. Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, it's they're two, I think they had the look that, you know, that the WWE upper management's always kind of look for. They're marketable. You know, the only issue I imagine would have been, uh, you know, maybe the accents. But, you know, mm-hmm. if anything, Becky Lynch has proven that accents don't necessarily get you get in your way. I think it's and then, you know, they could do the comedy. They could do this. They could do the uh, seriousness. Yeah. I've always loved about them, too. Jessica McKay, Billy Kay. She was <laughs> I don't think people appreciate enough what she was willing to work do at the end of her WWE run. It's cool. And then it, that's all, to get Mickey James, I think, really does open doors for even the men. There's some guys in Impact I would love to see into the Rumble. Just I don't care how long they're in. Just that, I think that would be a good look. Maybe that does happen, though. Maybe it doesn't end here. You know, I would like to see. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, guys in the W in Impact that were former WWE guys. But, you know, to see like a uh, like a Moose. I was, yes, that was number one on my list. Moose. Moose. <laughs> <laughs> Moose has the size, the the character, and I think the personality to be like a, a someone, a, a big guy. Vince would would like to see. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the other guy who I wouldn't mind seeing back in the WWE, especially now that he seems to have a, a new kind of outtake or outlook on on the business, is uh, Big Cass W. Morrissey. Yes. Yes. You know, just to see some of the things that he would do. Um, now in the within the brand and stuff like that but yes man i agree i would like to see him do that second chance yeah when him and enzo were at their peak bros it was i always thought it was michaels and diesel all over again yeah oh yeah <laughs> um aw let's go into aw now we, we i think we definitely have to start with the i think the best pure wrestling feud right now it's been daniel bryan adam page that first match loved it i ha- i haven't seen the Iron Man match in a while that I sat down and watched. I watched every second of it. Great storytelling right now. Daniel Bryan's elevating page two levels that I thought he already had. I thought he was at a ceiling. This took him beyond the glass ceiling for sure. If he's not the best worker right now, he's definitely the best dance partner. Yes. I yes. think. Yes. I was kind of thinking about this the other day. Daniel Bryan is now what Bret Hart was at his prime. Yes. That's like, a big, that, that is the conversation we know. Is it Daniel Bryan or is it Bret Hart? And what Bret always prided himself on, I thought, was, you know, his ability to make his opponent look good, uh, his, his, his ability to make the match, you know, believable, mm-hmm. and uh, keeping his, his uh, opponent's uh, injury-free. Definitely. And Daniel's doing all of those things. Yes. Um, and still giving us quality matches, still giving us, a, you know, uh, a great – I think Daniel has a tendency to be a little bit more flashier than Brett was in terms of, like, his moveset. Brett was more of a more of a grounded kind of guy. But, uh, yeah, he's more willing to get off the ground and kind of do some high-flying stuff or whatever. But, again, I, I, I think either one of those guys being compared to the other should not be offended by that. I think they're both solid performers and just – you know, elevate the the level of whoever they're in the ring with. Not to say that you know Adam Page is a uh, is just kind of lucky to be working with him or anything like that. Because, but I think he's he's been doing solid work with everybody he's been working with. 
Mm-hmm. But when you're in there with someone like Brian, he's just going to take your talent to the next level and make right. you like a million dollars. Like you said, he's a great dance partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he carried that match, and it doesn't have to be a bad thing, right? He's that's just what he's a veteran. The vets always run it. They heal, especially when he's a heel. The heel is always calling the match. Yeah, so the match he's called the last. We'll, we'll just go with the most recent one on the TS, the TBS debut. <laughs> what a freaking old school! It was stiff. It was believable. There wasn't any spots of like, oh man, that was so. He was waiting for him to fall. Everything looked like a pro pro wrestling match. What amazed me about that match is how engaging it was, even though we got 60 minutes of them less than a month ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like at least they gave us 60 minutes of, a, of an awesome match, and then they came back and gave us another match, and it was just as incredible. Just and different. Yes. So much it wasn't the same match, exactly. Oh man. And you I think you definitely have that you have something special there. I think it's gonna be real interesting what they do with Paige now since this this rivalry's over, right? Is it is maybe punk or MGF in line next? So that's kind of the conversation I wanted to have is uh so we're looking at AEW now and it's just that you know obviously Paige is on top but you know who's going to be on top with them similar conversation we we're having about WWE earlier but like who who are those guys man my concern with AEW is you're going to have too many of those guys that are going to be itching for that top spot mm-hmm. you got uh so I'll, let's look at who who can be title contenders in AEW right now yes. obviously you have Adam Page right yes then you have uh Daniel Bryan CM Punk obviously those two guys are are there uh, the Moxley in there we can't forget Moxley, man. Moxley's Moxley's coming back out of rehab. I'm sure he's going to be uh, working his way back in the title picture soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Omega. Never could forget about Kenny, dude. Never. Never. Um, and then, you know, depends on how much he wants to do it himself, but Jericho. Yes. You know, that, so, uh, and then we, and you know, let's not forget, you know, the MJFs, the homegrown guys. Mm-hmm. MJF will probably get there. I He's probably Darby, closer there with most guys, but yeah. I think Darby could be in there eventually. Oh, definitely. Darby's uh I think Darby's about a f- one or two more feuds in the upper middle card away from kind of working that that program. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think Sammy's gonna be there in the, a lot quicker than people think. Yes. Malachi uh, Black. Do you see him in the do you see him becoming a main event? So him and uh Andrade. Yes. Are two guys that I think people sleep on, man. Like, like I don't think those guys came to be mid carters, man. They came to be yeah. players. Yes. yes, and of course, Adam Cole, baby. You know, he- Adam Cole. Yes, Adam Cole is one that. Oh man, I think what I think that I think they're saving that 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 undisputed. I know it won't be the undisputed era, but with him, Riley, and I'm um, sorry, what the heck's the last? Gargano, uh, not Gargano. Uh, Fish, probably Fish, Buddy Fish, probably Fish. Yeah. And then against the elite, I think that's something that they're going to really put to the table. I think they're going to focus on that. But yeah, Adam Cole is definitely a player too, man. I love. I've always thought he was kind of like a Shawn Michaels type too. Just his work rate. So and then answer me this, man. What if we get Keith Lee? What if we get Bray Wyatt? Oh God. (laughs) We have hooks coming up, and I think one day Hobbs could be in there too. Do Warlow could be in that category? It's. Let's see how the booking goes, man. It was so good about how they're open canvas with them. I liked, I loved uh, what I saw between uh, Adam Cole and Jake Atlas the other night. Yes, so, that yeah. was. I hope he gets better, man. I, know he, I think he had an ACL. I think he had. A, I think he blew out his knee. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Yes, dude. It's he's. That's. Um, I think if you've seen the match, it kind of it was one of those split endings. He he um he messed up his uh his knee, dude. He blew it out. So sad, man. I love. I like Jake and NXT too. So, yeah. yeah, definitely, man. Well, then, and then, so some of the, so then some of the guys who could potentially, you know, some of the best workers in AEW are guys that are uh, aren't going to be able to work that, you know, be that main event guy anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel really bad right now for. Uh, oh God, uh, his name escapes me now. Uh, Murder Hawk Monster. Oh yeah, my guy, um, Lance Archer. Lance Archer, man, I think he came in with all the potential to be, you know, go for a monster run. And uh, he was well on his way. And then, you know, he had that setback with uh, 
versus Miro, I think. And then they were kind of restructuring what they were going to do with him. And then he had the injury, man. And I'm just like, he's, he's going to be, you know, his time away came at the worst possible time. I think he would, do you remember Jake Roberts uh, yeah. first promo against Cody calling him yeah. Caesar, hell Caesar. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't want a piece. I want the whole thing. That was the setup. That's why I thought Jake was going to really be a Paul Heyman type. Right. Whoever the guy, that mystery guy was. And I just thought they he came in, maybe he came in a little bit too early because they were still kind of on that, I felt like that indie wrestler type of storyline stuff. And yeah, they kind of threw Lance in there when I was in the middle of that. And I, didn't, I just didn't think he was set up to succeed at all. And uh, I think I think we talked about this the other day, but Brian Cage is another guy who just kind of fell off, man. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I thought athlete, you know, dude, man's a freaking athlete. I love. I, I've never been not a fan of that guy. Yeah, you know, I like what he did in Impact. I like. Mm-hmm. I, I thought once he got into AEW, like, okay, here's another guy's going to be a player, and then, you know, got put in with Team Taz. Like, all right, they're going to go heel route with him, but still, you know, and then he kind of had that that moment with that angle with Ricky Starks and. Buddha, Team Tags, Team Taz, and now we don't know where he's at. I think you know what, and this is we should have mentioned his name earlier too. But I remember seeing Brian Cage at Lucha Underground. They had a couple, you know, tapings that we went to, and man, the guy I became a fan of, who should be when the main event for WWE, Ricochet. Man, <laughs> see, and that's what happens. He's we shouldn't be overthinking him. That's what that booking has done to his character is getting him overlooked. The things that that guy does in the ring amazing. that only he can do and make it look just amazing. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Star. Exactly. They, they, they have some, I think, we're fast. Pillars of WWE, right? We ricochet, Austin Theory, Big E. You could carry this company for a while on their backs, I think. And same yeah. thing with AEW with the MJFs and Britt Bakers of the world, Darby Allens, Hooks. The the foundation of wrestling right now is looking really really interesting. I have a buddy that I was talking to. to it's funny because you have the four. You know they mentioned the four pillars, and I'm like, man, they're already kind of bringing in the the next generation of pillars. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you take your four pillars, you still have those guys, but then you still have, like you said, the hooks, the the Pillman Juniors. Uh, yes. You know, I think uh, the the other guys that we well. <laughs> people f- forget about that could be that could go on monster singles runs Wardlow yes I think they're getting ready to do something with him it seems like in the, within the uh the pinnacle faction mm-hmm. uh, I think they have they're they it sounds like Jim Ross has always been big on Wardlow and within the company Definitely. um the uh and then you know they're a tag team but obviously one of them's gonna be wrestling by himself for a while but uh the Lucha Brothers I always thought Pentagon could be one of those main event guys too. He was special with Lucha yeah. Underground. I've always been a part of a uh, big fan of Pentagon. He's amazing. And his brother's just the same way, man. I think I don't think his brother's as as charismatic as 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 Penta, but I think uh, what he does in the ring is like um, he's like a ricochet in that like, in that regard, man. He does things that you you don't see other people doing. It just there's never a dull moment. And I hope he gets. I hope he bounces back too. And that was. I was showing my girlfriend the other day. That was a dislocation of epic proportions on the on live TV, and they kept showing it. That's what's crazy. <laughs> I was telling my wife, I was like, if you see any highlights from that match, just scroll right past them, man, because you don't want to see how that played out. God, man, I'm, I'm, but hey, and dislocation probably hurts. I'm sure, but at least he didn't break the damn thing and had some ligament damage or something. Correct. Yeah. Hopefully, he's back soon. Um, I just wrote down Brian Pillman and Hook. I think the way they present them could really take them to the next level. Brian Pillman Jr., I would love to see as a guy who gets his ass kicked every time, but he doesn't give up. He's an underdog who just has that heart, and he's going to fight through adversity, fight through it off, somehow come up with the wins, right? Kind of like a yes movement, Daniel Bryan, back in that day. Exactly. Yeah. And I think he And I, I think they dropped the ball a little bit after the um, – the, the uh, what what's, what's show was it on with his dad? What's the team? Oh, Dark Side, Dark Side of the Ring, but Vice TV after the Vice episodes, dude, he would look like a great baby face. You could get someone you could get behind, he's tied in with the, the business, give him the underdog role. And you know, and it's funny because when you when that happened, you noticed on the that AEW fans are true wrestling fans, like 
Because mm-hmm. they went through, they'll, they'll go through and they'll watch the dark side of the room. They're not going to pick up on guys who just kind of showed up out of nowhere and that kind of thing. So definitely, that that's what I love about the AW crowd. They call out what is not working. They're going to really get behind what's working. That's what's so crazy with Hook. I think they really yeah. this man's. He could end the. He could end this any way, but any submission out of nowhere. That's kind of what made Stone Cold so great. That's what makes right. Daniel Bryan great right now. He just he's not doing um, his signature move in matches. He's just doing submissions. I think right. that's the way Jake the Snake with the DET. Those type of stars who can end it anyway. You got you can't take your eye off the TV, right? I think they got that with Hook. And um, I was skeptical though because you know he's been that guy um, with uh, Team Taz for the last what year. <laughs> Yeah. And he just had he just looked like you know this is this is Taz's son he's just Timmy because of his dad. The last two matches, dude, have been I didn't see his last one rampage last night, but the first two with um I, I can't think of their name, but man, awesome matches, awesome matches. Yeah, I got to stuff. <laughs> I made the joke. I was like, man, the the angle they did with Ricky Starks and Brian Cage initially in Team Taz is legit. What's going to happen with Ricky Starks and Brooke? Yes. <laughs> I love Ricky Starks too on the mic. Sometimes you just, I just sometimes want someone who can talk. I don't really care about work rate. Um, mm-hmm. He's always going to be that guy who's a great talker and not a great worker. But man, Ricky Starks is that guy for me. So speaking of AEW great great talkers, man, the the promo Dan Lambert did with Cody and his wife this last week. <laughs> yes, yes. I know he's supposed to be a heel, man, but man, I was loving it. That was great stuff, man. I love it too, dude. I love it too. I think he's deaf. I I love his. I love Rambert's group. I think they could have elevated that too. You have legit stars he has in his camp, and if you're just a fight fan, you know his camp produced some great MMA fighters, boxers. Why not utilize that a little bit more? If he wanted to, man, Junior Dos Santos could be such a oh, a huge W a huge wrestling star, man. I just the little things that he did in AEW. I'm like. You're, you're kidding me. This guy just kind of went out and figured this out for, for one match. Like, he's looked like he'd been wrestling for years, man. Exactly. Exactly. Do you see Cody going, turning heel? <laughs> I'll give it to Cody. I respect a lot of things about him. I respect the fact that he's not trying to book himself in the main events. Mm-hmm. I think he does give himself a little more TV time than, than he should. Um. But I do like the fact that he kind of plays with the internet a little bit and whether or not he wants to toe that line between heel and face yeah. uh, and kind of keep the, the the crowd interested in him and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't hate him on that end. I think I, – I, I wish he didn't go over on Sammy in the last uh, TNT title match. Yes. Uh, I, think, I think Sammy would have been a little bit more better with that – with the longer run on that title. Mm-hmm. I don't think it does much for either the title or Cody at this point to be, to have that title. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish, you know, I, I wish Cody kind of, if he does go heel, go full heel, let himself get, you know, go big book yourself back in main events, get, go after the championship, that kind of thing. Make us hate you, make us, you know, make us want, CM Punk to take you down a peg, you know those guys build that stuff. You know the table is set. I think people, yeah. you know, especially with these guys who love to go to Hollywood and take that little break. The yeah. fans, the, the those pure fans, they hate The Rock, they hate Goldberg, they hate Brock. Those guys are just taking business as a this is just a gateway to something else. Like you're here for a pit stop. You're not here because right. you love us. And I think that's that's what Cody should build on. Like, hey. I'm just using this springboard in my career. I give you guys 10 years. You guys, you guys never believed in me. And now I'm gonna use this and I'm going, I'm going Hollywood, you know? That would be awesome. Awesome stuff, I think. Uh, another awesome thing we have here is CM Punk and MJF. This is probably one of the feuds, best feuds in the in the game right now, too. Probably in the last five years, man. When are you, I don't I don't think those guys have been. I think they were in a sixth tag together, but I don't think they actually had a match. They've actually or they've laid a hand on each other yet. Um, perfect. And it feels like this feud is just like, what's going to be said next, man? It's, you know, it when you grow up, well, growing up, you always kind of put, you know, imagine if this guy went against this guy on the stick, and and, and now you're actually seeing that between two guys, and they're going to the places that you didn't think they'd go, you know. 
you know, uh, I think, I think uh, MJF has been brilliant on the mic. I think CM Punk's always seems to guess gets the better of him. Yes. Uh, just kind of using that. But I think this, this past week when, you know, MJF went into the whole main event, you know, WrestleMania and that kind of thing, I was like, Ooh, you know that dug a little bit. <laughs> yeah, dude, the, the, the below the belt shots have been awesome. The the rip off Miz line was amazing. Um, even him telling Punk that you know you couldn't make your UFC, so you came back for the money. It's, <laughs> dude, that stuff is real. That's what that's what we're towing the line now. Is this shit really real, or are they working us? And it seems like this is this is just two great artists going back and forth what they do best, man. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Two guys that are that you know can put in their time and and uh, and you know don't just kind of show up and figure it out. They even though it's script, even though it's not scripted, like they're competitors. I think that they're doing a good job of kind of figuring out what it is they want to say, mm-hmm. what are the the points that they want to make, and the, definitely the things that they want to make sure the fans go home with. I think that with AEW too, it's when it's done right, they are showing that you don't need the scripted promos. Just give us what we just like today. We're we had bulletin points what we're gonna go over. Just hit it. Just mean it and just show us that like, you give a damn about it. That's all I want as a fan. I just want to buy it. Like, okay, sure. selling me now. And MJF dude sells me. CM Punk sells me. Um, another beauty of the format with AEW is their pay per view schedules. So we know it's not gonna conclude in a couple weeks. We have time until that next two pay per view yeah. to see. Punk and MJF, and to see him with Wardlow next week or this week, CM Punk and Wardlow, it's going to be cool to see him step on that. Now he's going to have to probably go to the pinnacle and just go on that ladder and have some great matches with these guys. I think with um, you know, one thing we kind of just glossed over too. Actually, you know, it's right here. Um, the talent what we're talking about with AEW, do they have the TV time to showcase everything we've been talking about? You know. It, it's rough, man. Um, I think there, there's just, there, you know, it's really gonna, it's really good right now because of who they have in there. There's just the level of guys I think that are that are for the business, that are willing to be unselfish, um, that are willing to kind of you know, sit in the back and kind of let other guys kind of take their 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 storylines and that kind of thing. I don't see like. Um, I see like company guys in that, you know, the the Dark Order guys. I can see them doing that. I see uh, Eddie Kingston kind of being one of those guys. Uh, God, amazing. Best friends and uh, FTR and all those guys. I think I think they'll those guys will wait for their spots. But you know, it's just you're building. Like I said, you have your four pillar guys. You have your, you know, you have your. WWE editions. <laughs> you have your WWE editions. You have your next gen guys. One of the other guys I forgot to throw in the next group of pillars, I guess. Uh, the Brian, you know, Pillman Juniors and, and those guys. Dante Martin. Yeah, great athlete. Great athlete. Uh, I think he's he's going to be one of those guys that when he comes up, he's going to be, you know, a guy that they're going to talk about for a long time. Provided he stays healthy, considering some of the movies he pulls, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, crazy. Yeah, he. Like I said, those guys kind of jungle I think, boys. Uh, we can't even forget what man, we gloss over jungle boys sometimes too. So many great athletes. Such a star, dude. I think he's once once they they could take us take their time too. He's right there with Pillman and Hook. He could be something special for sure. Man, I think I one of the most legitimate pops I had is when uh Jungle Boy won that uh that battle royal <laughs> and just was standing on top of the <laughs> Of the arena with his music playing in the background, I was just like, I don't know what it is about live wrestling, man, but it gets me something. Yeah, man, it's a bit of beauty. That's <laughs> what I love about. It's kind of my only complaint about Rampage. I wish it was live. Yeah, I wish it was live, dude. I still watch it, but I just man, this isn't. It's not going on right now. But I really hope. Like, I know they have AW Dark and Elevation. And I, I just you know they got like four hundred and fifty thousand views, which is a great number, right? But talk about mainstream national. We're on TBS now. How do we get all these guys on these shows? With, and they're, um, thank God they're not three-hour shows, right? Like, hardly get through Raw sometimes. But how do we get all these guys and just give them the proper time they need? Um, which kind of keeps them being stagnant, though. At least every week we can have something different, right? Right. And I think that's a big issue that WWE has is that they always kind of give us the same, you know. I think I love, I love what they do in the ring with each other, but how many times are we going to see Roman and Brock, you know? 
Yeah, dude, exactly. I think, um, man, who, who the hell was Otis tag team with for a while there? What was um? Oh, uh, heavy, well, just like machinery, right? How many yeah. times can we see heavy machinery go against? Uh, damn, who were they going against? I think Hurt Business for so long. Like, yeah, they have a tendency just to recycle these over and over again. Um, we've seen with the tag team, you know, with Jungle Boy, speaking of Jungle Boy, just winning the tag team titles with um, Luchasaurus from uh, the Pentagon and Phoenix, with the Lucha Brothers, sorry. Right. It was it was a feel-good moment, too, I thought. That, those are guys who've been chipping since the beginning. The first show, they've been on there just working. The crowd loves them. So to see them get some recognition and some hardware now is really cool. Especially in a, in a match that was essentially face versus face, you know, it was a uh, for him to kind of even. It's rare to get a, a match where you're you're still, you know, happy for both teams. You're still kind of in in the, in those situations where you know we where you're face versus. Face. Obviously, I think the finish was a little jumbled because of the injury, but mm-hmm. uh, I still see you know the the payout that everybody kind of bought into those guys and. And love and love the fact that they got to see what you know them finally go over. Yes, definitely. And to see all the tag teams line up on <laughs> top of the on top of the stage on or on the stage is is great storytelling. That's what we need. That everybody they that makes the tag team champions matter. And you know what? It's kind of it's good because the major tag teams have won the title now. You know the FTRs, the the uh, the the. The elite, you know those guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've they've had their runs, they've had their reigns. Now it seems like okay. Now we're starting to see, you know, the the up and coming tag teams starting to kind of get their their spot, and and yeah. now they could see, you know, it'll be maybe, cool to see those guys chase now. Let's see how they they get they got to chase the new guys now. Yeah, I think what they're doing with the tag team division is really great, and they're making their 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 titles count. And I think it's really important to maintain that because, um, again, we see what happens when you have two tag team champs on two brands, and uh, it means nothing. Correct. Yeah. And hopefully they don't have that same issue AEW. So I, I'm really excited. And I think this is kind of what we want to do, man, doing the job, wrestling talk, and I hope everybody enjoys it. I know I talk about wrestling all the time on the STS podcast, bro. So to have somebody actually talk back with me, is, I think we're on to something, Quito. I think uh, this is this. We always this is the pilot episode, but I'm this is it went really well. I don't think we um we didn't stop. You know, I, mean, I think that's a, we got to keep the flow going. I think it was all about flow with podcasts. So, man, I think it's a, this is a great place, and I think wrestling's in a great place for sure. Definitely. Anytime you want, um, anytime we're gonna do this as much as we can. No, we're both busy, especially on the weekends. You know, we're coaching, we're doing all this crazy stuff, and I know wrestling is kind of our leisure time away from that whole the real world, right? Oh so, yeah. Um, <laughs> I would love to have you on again, man. And uh, whenever you want to just come on, we don't even gotta talk wrestling, dude. We always have a little segment at the end of this and just talk sports, and we'll, we'll keep this going, dude. No doubt, brother. I appreciate it. All right, you guys, Ernie C., the Gap Tooth Genius, Arn Cradle. This is going to be doing the job, and we out.